This path of your honours, a process of um, moving from how we appear to how we appear. Because this phrase, how do I appear, has got two significances. Um, and the significances <coughs> have a de developmental implication. The first um, implication of the idea of how we appear is, is really concerned with how, how do I look to you? 
What do I look like to you? The second way of understanding the phrase, how do I appear, is quite literally, how, how did it happen that I came <coughs> to be seen? How did it happen that I appeared, as opposed to have not appeared? The, we go through a process <coughs> of, um, of having our, uh, our value in the eyes of others being made really significant to us. When we start off as children, an infant has no sense that he is valuable in the eyes of others. He has no sense of actually being a person. <coughs> he has no sense of um, existing as a person. Um, when the infant starts crawling, he starts engaging his world, he starts to understand that the there are things that are associated with him that appear, like his hand and so on. And he also then gets introduced to the idea that he has to start doing things in the world to get what he wants. He needs to appear in the world. Initially, this doesn't occur to him. He doesn't have to go to a strategy to be made happy. He doesn't have to go through any kind of a a manipulative dance to get what he wants. As soon as he screams, his mother puts something in his mouth. So he's got no understanding that he's got to do anything. His motive in that sense is not conditioned. But as he starts to grow, his motive becomes more and more conditioned. He starts to realize that for me to be happy, I've got to go, I've got to do things, I've got to get things from the world. <clears throat> as time goes on, he starts to realize that not only is the problem getting stuff from the world, but it's actually getting other people to give him the stuff that he wants. So the strategy changes from just grabbing the lollipop to appeasing the parent to give him the lollipop. And so we, get, we move from wanting to get stuff to being concerned with convincing others that they should give us stuff. And that attempt to convince others is therefore an attempt to get others to find us significant. So we get pulled out of this experience of oneness that we had when we were in the amniotic fluid of our mother, when we were fresh from the presence of Allah. We get pulled out of that state of oneness into a state of separation, into a state of standing further and further out, pushing ourselves into the world, to the point where we're no longer that concerned with who we are, but we're much more concerned with how we appear in the eyes of others. We all know adolescents. We know that adolescents go through a, a tremendously difficult period in their life because how they, how they appear to others is enormously important.
this, this problem of how we appear to others and constructing our happiness on the basis of how we are seen by others presents itself, presents us with an enormous set of difficulties or challenges. The one is an ongoing sense of insecurity and vulnerability. We've indicated this many times before. If you want something from somebody else, that person's ability to withhold what you want gives them power over you. So you are weak. Further to this, if it's an object that you want and you finally get the object from the person, the person loses their control over you. However, if you want somebody else's good opinion of you, you want something you can never get in your hand like an object, which means you are doubly weak. You are doubly vulnerable. So this endeavor that we engage in, which is about getting others to find us significant, produces in us a, a deep state of unhappiness and a deep state of disquiet. It also makes us contending beings. Because we want to be the one who's seen, which means we want to be the center of attraction. But the problem is when you want to be the center of attraction, when you demand attention, you're taking the attention from somebody else. Which basically means to say you end up contending for space. So not only do you have a miserable experience of being inside your own skin, you actually have a miserable experience in terms of your relationship with others. Because your relationship with others then becomes increasingly contentious, increasingly uh, pickled in conflict and in discord, um, strife. And that is kind of adult life. We know each other around this circle here. All of us have seen us go through the conflicts of our lives. Broken marriages, uh, struggling businesses. We've all, we've all been there. We know that to be an adult is not for sissies. Being an adult means contending. Being an adult means scrabbling for a buck. It means doing what you need to do to fend for your family. This becomes deeply exhausting. This struggle of standing out, of being the one who, who appears, of being the one who is eventually an insupportable exercise. Hopefully, Allah hasn't pulled such a joke on you that you die there. Because that's miserable. Because what's happened in this process of being pulled more and more into the world, more and more uh, having your, seeing yourself as an object among objects, a person among people, if you like, is that you become more and more alienated from that delight, that ecstasy that you came with the day you were born. That deep sense of connectedness with everything else. Let's rephrase this. You haven't lost it. That experience is still there. You're anesthetized to it. You've put, you can't experience it anymore. Hmm? I mean, if, if you, you must have had a local anesthetic. 
You know, I mean, uh, so you see this doctor, you've cut your foot and the guy's sewing you up. Under normal conditions, you'd be screaming in terror and pain. But you're watching the guy doing it because you can't feel the pain because he's anesthetized it. In this case, we're not anesthetized from pain. We're anesthetized from ecstasy. That being anesthetized from ecstasy is a very useful thing that our society pulls on us because it creates the conditions that we become useful to others. You know, people who are fundamentally deeply contented aren't particularly useful because they can't be manipulated. So, much of our lives is concerned with the problem of how we appear in the eyes of others. Hopefully, by around the age of 40, some of us are lucky it happens a bit earlier, but around the age of 40, you start to realize that this is an insupportable <coughs> issue. The price of being a person among people, this contending being, is just too high. It causes too much misery, too much heartache, too much exhaustion. It's just deeply depleting. Then you start to examine, and hopefully with the help of people in a circle like this, <coughs> the same endeavor, you start to be encouraged to examine how is it, how is it that you appeared? How did this happen? How, how do you appear? How does this person called Muzaffar appear? How did it happen? How does this person called Musa? How did that happen? And then you start working out, but you know, <coughs> there was, there's, there's the, there's, there's an opposite movement to appearing, which is called disappearing. If appearing is about contending, if appearing is about standing out, occupying your place in the world, then there's got to be an opposite movement, which is about standing in, vacating your place, disappearing, pulling back. It means taking all of this attention that you've dedicated to your pursuits in the world and turning it in on yourself to find out how, where, what's inside here that I've been alienated from by being pulled out into the world. That endeavor of finding what's inside here is about discovering your Rabb. You know yourself and you know your Lord. Why? Because he's proximate here. That, that experience of, of ecstatic oneness. It's always been there. It's still there. It's never left you. You were just looking over, over the garden wall. But it's not there. It's, it's here. It's here. And so, having worked out how you got to appear, you start to realize that the, 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 the trick that was the, 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 um, the fraud that was done on you um, was, 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 was really concerned with making you useful to others. 
they sold you such a double bind. They first make you unhappy, and then they tell you you've got to do things to make them happy so that you can be happy. And then, they're never happy. How useful. Until suddenly you realize, but you know, I don't have to do anything there to be happy. I, I have it. It is inside, it's here. It's not over there. So you then change your endeavor, which is increasingly concerned with disappearing. It's increasingly concerned with occupying your inner space, with putting back from the world out there, putting back from the window of perception. Becoming really very deliberate about how it is that you get to appear. Because when you become deliberate about the process whereby you got to appear, you start to realize just how enormously expensive this thing has been. And how, how, what enormous misery it has come with. Both in terms of turning you into a miserable being and turning you into a contentious being. Argue, you know, arguing for space. Trying to elbow your way into the, into the world. So, <clears throat> I hope that it makes sense. That this journey that we're on is a journey from how we appear to how we appear. It's a journey from how we are seen in the eyes of others to really getting to understand how it is that we got to be seen in the first place. We've got to experience ourselves to be the one who is seen. You see, we gave up the supreme power for a fictitious power. Because when we were trying to be the one who appears, who is seen by others, when we're concerned with how we appear to them, then and they're the significant ones. But nothing is significant until it's granted attention. No. So there's always two elements. The one who's seen and the one who's doing the seeing. We think the one who's the, the being seen is the significant one, is like the king, is the important one. But who's more important? Who's got the greater authority, the king or the kingmaker? And it's clearly the kingmaker. So when you stop trying to be the one who's seen, you start to become the one who sees. And when you occupy the place of the one who sees, you occupy the place of supreme authority. So why do you sell the authentic goods for tinsel? Don't do that. There's a way out of this hellhole of being the contending one. And that's what this path is about. This path is about introducing us, reintroducing us to the ecstatic reality which is our fundamental nature. Because it's his nature. And his nature is our fundamental nature. He is closer to me in my jugular vein. He's closer to you in your jugular vein. He's more intimate to you than intimate to you. He is your reality. You don't have to go anywhere. 
Allah grant us nearness to him. May grant us annihilation in him. May grant us death before we die. Inna Allah wa malaikatuhu salu ala nabi. Ya ayyuhaladina amanu salu alayhi wa sallam taslima. Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammadin abdika wa rasulika nabiyyina wa ala. Alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam taslima. Subhanahu rabbika wa ba'izati wa ma'i sifun wa as-salamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Allah wa sallam.